This is The Dime. Dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. As always, I've got my right-hand man, Kellen Finney, here with me. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Jordan Hiley, investor and educator. Jordan, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well today, guys. Thanks for having me on. Happy to talk about cannabis and uh, this big generational opportunity no one seems to be aware of. Kellen, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well, Brian. How about yourself? Doing good. Thank you. So I think before we start, Jordan, I think it'd be great for our listeners to get a little background about you and kind of what got you interested into cannabis. Studied at university with the idea of becoming a teacher. So sort of communicating and teaching has always been something that I'd like to like to do and wanted to do. What got me back interested in cannabis, though, I would just want to say that, you know, as a, as a teenager in a culture where, you know, you start drinking early in high school, and then there's cannabis and you're told growing up that cannabis is what's going to kill all your brain cells. And then just by personal experience, like, well, that doesn't seem to be the case when I try one, you know, versus the other. And so for me, what, what just became very interesting about cannabis was, you know, returning to Canada in 2017. So I'll touch a bit on that in, in a moment, but returning to Canada and seeing that in, it was going to be a reality that in Canada, we were legalizing. What was the first cannabis company that caught your eye where you started kind of figuring out like there might be something here as an opportunity? Yeah, so good timing. So I think this whole kerfuffle with that financial advisor happened around September of 2017. And then it was November 2017 that I got around to opening my first self-directed uh, investing account. And that was Aurora, actually. So my first try investing was with Aurora Cannabis back in 2017, before everything had gotten a little bit out of control valuation-wise. And it just it opened my eyes. Within two weeks, I had doubled my money with equity. And I was like, holy crap, investing works. And so starting from the stigma standpoint, based on what you said, Jordan, how do we go forward and start educating people on the benefits of cannabis and start with removing the stigma? Because I feel like we can talk about the benefits, but people aren't going to get past that issue they have with thinking and knowing for so long that cannabis is just bad. That's a great question. I don't think it's... <laughs> there's no simple answer. Um, I do think it's really a matter of individuals sort of choosing maybe you know their own lived experience over the common messaging in society. I also think too, it's like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I go through a lot of the studies and I see what comes out. And despite saying that, hey, THC or CBD seems to be very effective, all of these studies also say, but there needs to be a lot more looks into it. And it's just like, no, no, at this point, we know THC seems to be the miracle pain reliever. And we know CBD is good for inflammation and other things. And like, I don't know, it's when our established institutions start to actually like take that seriously. And I think that will probably come from descheduling it because people need the, you know, the government to do it first and all that. But like, it's just, it's going to take decades. Kellen, shed some light on that. I know we've been to some conferences a while back where there were representatives. And of course, we can't mention specifics or any of those kind of conversations. But it seems like the government's been interested in kind of learning more about this and how to regulate this. Can you kind of shed some light on that? Yeah, I mean, it was even five years ago. I was at a, a conference out in California that was strictly a science-based conference associated with cannabis, right? And the conference was the Emerald Conference. And so really, really heavy science, a bunch of really smart scientists presenting very intense scientific research that they've been doing on the plant. And there was groups from certain branches of the federal government that were there as focus groups internally that had been assigned. And at the end of the day, I think we were talking with some, some individuals the other day too, that it's kind of like a, an old Western standoff, right? Like the DEA, the FDA, and other governing bodies that typically regulate these kind of uh, substances, at least in the US, are all standing there in a little standoff. And, and unfortunately, though, they are not the ones that are going to be able to decide what happens. It's going to, at least in the US, it's going to have to come from 
the Senate and the House, right? Germany's got an upcoming election on September 26th, and apparently four out of the six parties there are running on legalizing adult use cannabis because that's become a really big issue there. So that we're seeing that first and foremost. So I'm glad that you touched on that. And I think it's big to mention that the U.S. is obviously the global leader. So what the U.S. does, everyone else will follow. And just to touch on the history, 1961, I think it was a U.N. convention or there was some sort of thing, but this is where Harry Anslinger, who was in charge of making cannabis illegal back then, he basically bullied the rest of the world into following the U.S. drug policy and said that if you don't do it, we're going to veto anything you try to get done. So don't even try. And so it's like when you think the laws are still in place based on that sort of mentality and that sort of negotiation, we just have to unlock that that next step to, to see what can happen. But I do think once the U.S. does it, it's going to be a domino effect and be faster. It'll speed up the process. So let's kind of tie that into from an investment standpoint. The numbers are great. My stock price is down. Why? Because I want to quote Ben Graham, in the short term, the market is a voting machine, but in the long term, the market is a weighing machine. So yes, it, it seems weird that the fundamentals are so good and the share prices are down, but those don't always correlate. And that's where opportunity is actually found in the market. But I think the other thing to remind people, and this is where most people aren't going to understand and they might miss the boat, is that the media, I think, is always going to push that federal legalization needs to happen for these companies to be successful. And if you're following that narrative, then you're going to think that the big opportunity would be to buy the compromise bill maybe next year getting passed. But I think if anyone's been a bit more focused and paying attention themselves, it is a state-led story, right? And states' rights do supersede, come before, yeah, come before federal rights. So fundamentally, I think that's a very important thing to understand. When someone asks, Jordan, why is it different this time? You know, why is it different than Canada? Why is the US different? What would you say to that? Well, so it's the amount of money that these companies are actually making on the ground. So in 2018, I recall Canopy, I think, was making maybe $20 million. Free, I might have been making 25 or like in, in revenue, revenue. So not even earnings. And when Canopy was making $20 million in earning or in revenue, sorry, they were valued at $20 billion. Since three years have passed, two groups of companies, Canadian LPs and US MSOs have been operating. Uh, Canadian LPs have been you know, growing a ton of cannabis for a market that they can't sell all that cannabis to and therefore losing money versus these more efficiently run US MSOs are actually not, you know, burning the money that they've been given. And we're just seeing the fruits of that labor. In history, what other sort of opportunities do you see that you can kind of associate with something like cannabis? I do compare this to like tech in the late 90s. And obviously, I wasn't alive or uh, versed in investing then or whatnot. But I remember saying as a teenager, like when I'm an adult, like I would not have missed out on investing in Apple or Amazon, even though I don't, I didn't know anything about investing. For some reason, I remembered saying that to myself. Is there any hesitancies from your standpoint that safety could be a reason or health concerns could be a reason that cannabis never makes it to, to the valuation Jordan's talking about? Yeah. I mean, I've had some conversations with some of my friends and it is a, a really unique, if we get to a point where cannabis starts to be adulterated, it could quickly change the conversation to look at how bad these products are for you. But I think that the way around that is federal legalization and regulation. From a fundamental standpoint, we've got all these different companies operating in the cannabis space, specifically here in the US. How do you, Jordan, make an informed decision and understand which one of these companies you would like to say, this is how I separate the companies. This is what I would recommend. So I typically like to look at the market cap of the, the overall company because that's really what matters. Also for myself, like I just I like to be looking at the numbers constantly. And one of the reasons I do my show is because it keeps me in check. When you see these price to sales are sitting at three, four, five, 
That's all I need to know. It's that. And then it's seeing, you know, Illinois sales growing every single month. And man, it's just the Colorado blueprint, seeing what Colorado has done from 2014 to now. I think that's really well said. So let's continue on that route. What is the biggest misconception since you've kind of been headfirst into the cannabis space? That's a good question. Well, I, th- I think a big one is that they need federal legalization. As time goes on, I think federal legalization is going to take longer and longer. And at the same time, when 91% of America wants it legalized and we're technically living in a democracy, I think at some point you got to make the rules line up with everything too. So like, I imagine they're, they're pushing for that. But regardless of how long that takes, I think the biggest misconception for investors is just keep educating yourself and just looking into why safe is that, that big catalyst and not federal legalization. All right, continuing on. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you can sum up your experience into a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would that be? Learn to trust yourself again. I think that's a big thing. What is the number one lesson that either the US or the individuals operating in the US can learn from the Canadian process of cannabis? Don't allow a big tobacco or big uh, alcohol to get involved. Cool. So Stuart Jordan, for our listeners that want to get in touch, they want to learn more and they want to see your videos, where should they go? Uh, they can check out my content on YouTube. So the channel is at Make, Make More Capital. I do three episodes a week right now. So Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Typically Sunday is the good one with This Week in Cannabis News, but I just there's just so much news. And so I just try to pump out whatever I can. And again, it helps me with the research. But other than that, if you're on TikTok, I actually go by Highly Invested. So it's a different handle in there. Um, Instagram, Make More Capital. And I had a podcast too called Highly Invested. So people can check that out. But that was more of like my entrepreneurship journey. And same idea you guys are doing. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.